Well, Paul, we are back together. It's been a long time since we've recorded, and uh, people were starting to ask, and I think that's the true sign of when you know you're appreciated is when people say, hey, what's happening? Where have you guys been? Yeah, that's so true. When people are like, oh, I didn't realize that you were gone. (laughs) It's the exact opposite, right? (laughs) But yeah, it has been a while. Uh, Here we are at the end of May. In your backyard. Yeah, I I should note that we are are back to doing a a live recording, which is obviously very nice. It's always preferred. Well, it's the, live as in we're in person. Yeah, together. exactly. Yeah, we're we're in person versus doing it online. So yeah, having that that in person feel to it is always is always better. And uh, yeah, we're outside in my backyard enjoying the uh, the nice spring weather. Got the birds. The birds chirping. So if you hear lawnmowers or dogs barking, then that's that's what it's that's what it's all about. The thing is, is I'm excited about the fact that we're going to have hot dogs on your barbecue after this is done. Yeah. Yeah. I, I promised you food afterwards and, and we do have beers in hand. And I'm a big hot dog fan. Yeah. I love hot dogs. Like I, I, I don't think I'm quite hot dog contest like level, but I do love a good hot dog. Have you ever witnessed one of those uh, hot dog eating contests? Well, we talked about this uh maybe a year and ago, a year ago, year and a half ago, probably now where we talked about the hot dog eating contest. Yeah. That Kobayashi guy from Japan. Yeah. Who's known for his, uh, hot dog eating prowess. And I think you said you went to like Buffalo or something. Cincinnati. I was at a a, a Cincinnati Reds game about uh, probably three years ago, pre pandemic. Yeah. Watching that, the hot dog eating contest and it's not glamorous at all. Like if you ever watched it, it's, it's, kind of disgusting <laughs> yeah i like have you, you, seen one on a cruise ship which yeah. by the way we're going to talk about cruise ships a bit later yeah um and I, i've seen like you can drink water you can soak the bun in water yeah it's all about soaking the bun in water like, like the whole, why is that a, why do they allow that doesn't yeah. it seem like like what why, why do they add that to the and yeah. this isn't the this is not the direction we had planned on going yeah <laughs> talking but, about hot dogs um, yeah but you witnessed one of these at a, in cincinnati and it was a disgusting affair yeah yeah, I, I would have absolutely no desire whatsoever to want to participate in a hot dog eating contest and quite frankly don't want to even really witness one ever. It's no way to enjoy a hot dog. No, exactly. I think it's fine to eat a ton of hot dogs, but not eat a ton of hot dogs as fast as possible. Yeah. Just disaster waiting to happen. Anyway, we are outside. We have beers in hand, so we do. it's, uh, it's always a good thing. Today's episode is unofficially brought to you by Mill Street Brewery, original organic lager, beer made better. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm going the sophisticated route. I got some international beer, uh, German Pilsner Warsteiner. Warsteiner, so naturally brewed according to the German purity law, German Pilsner premium beer, <clears throat> Warsteiner, yeah. das Einzig Vara. Shout out to Germany. Yes, yeah, Teresa. Teresa would approve. I think so. Um, which, by the way, we recorded an episode a couple days ago, Salim and Justin and myself, and you, unfortunately, weren't able to join. You were going to join us, but you had uh, a bit of an incident occur at your house. Yeah, so last Sunday, I had full intentions of participating in the uh, your most recent episode with Salim and Justin, because I'm kind of looking forward to being able to uh, to talk with those guys. 
But yeah, unfortunately, uh, I was in the dark. We had uh, a pretty severe windstorm that came through the Toronto area last Saturday afternoon. And it, it was interesting, depending on what, what part of the city that you, you lived in, a lot of areas were impacted more so than others. Um, and for my area, our power was out for a full 24 hours, uh, which is kind of unusual because we're in a, a newer subdivision. So typically you don't have as many power outages because of having underground power lines right? Uh, versus obviously older areas. But uh, yeah, I was in the dark, no power for 24 hours. And in, it's times like that when you truly realize how much you depend on electricity. Oh, yeah. 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 And uh, just as a little hack, by the way, I have two battery backup um I don't know, transformers, whatever you want to call them, that are plugged in. I've got two. I've got one in my basement and one in my spare room where we have like a home office. And I have the one in the basement, I have the Wi-Fi connected. The router is connected into this battery backup because one of the big things of when you lose power is you lose your Wi-Fi. So I actually have a a backup for that, that if we lose power, we, we will still have Wi-Fi, assuming that the the Wi-Fi provider isn't somehow knocked out by that power issue. Mm-hmm. No, and that, that's a smart thing to have because, yeah, I noticed that last weekend, you know, as the hours go by without having any power, uh, your cell phone strength diminishes because, mm. yeah, you don't have the, the Wi-Fi. Um, I think even... Why does it diminish? I don't know. I'm sure there's some technical reason. I'm, I'm, I don't doubt that somebody can better explain it than like I can. the signal, you mean? But yeah, the, the signal diminishes. Hmm. And I think it has to do with even probably the demand on the cell phone towers because everyone is working off of their data. So, no, I guess they're not on their data. They're on their cellular. They're, they're on their, their cellular, yeah. yeah. Hmm. So it places a lot of strain on the yeah. system. Well, this battery backup thing, I'll post a, sh- a note in the show show notes about it. It's actually really, um, it's come in handy. And especially if you even have just like a little outage of power while you're working, that even if it's just for like a second, sometimes that'll throw off your, uh, well, if your computer's plugged in, like if you're not on a laptop, you could lose your, you could, your computer could shut down. So it's nice when you're, now we're working from home so much, having that backup prevents the power from, turning the computer off and also keeps the Wi-Fi signal. So if you're in the middle of a meeting or something that uh, you don't want to disconnect, it's uh, I'll, I'll post it in the show notes. Very handy little gadget. That does make sense because during the summertime, you do tend to get some brownouts, especially when there's a lot of stress on the, uh, on the power grid because of air conditioners and stuff like that. So yeah, that's actually a really good idea. All right. So what are we talking about today? We got, uh, I, I actually did some traveling recently. Which, of course, airport travel tends to be a, a, a wonderful source <laughs> of material for these, yep. these episodes. So yeah, we I've, jotted down a couple things. Yeah, I have I've some uh, airport travel incidents myself that I can talk about. So, yeah. Okay. Well, I guess the one thing I wanted to, to mention was that, you know, have you ever stood in an airport, like in a queue? This is when you're checking in. And maybe you're like six or seven people deep in the queue and there's, so let's say three countertops open service counters and you've, you know, you, you sort of start looking at the people and it seems inevitably 
One a person will go up, they get their boarding pass, they seem to be on their way pretty quickly. Another one, same thing. But then there's always that third counter where there's somebody that just seems to just take forever. <laughs> yeah. And I just wonder, well, what is going on? Why why are you taking forever? Like what is different about your situation than the other people who seem to just have it together? Is it is it a is it an organization thing? Is it a, some technical issue in their passport? Like I, I try to read the body language in these scenarios, and it, and it doesn't seem like there's. It just seems like they're just chit chatting. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean, I, and I'm not really. It's hard to kind of put your finger as to the reason why that is the case. Whether or not they are just truly disorganized, or they just have way too much crap with them. It's amazing when you observe people in the airport. Some people just have so much junk with them and i'm not talking about obviously young families because obviously you're going to have a lot of stuff with you when you're traveling with young kids i'm talking about people just by themselves and they got crap with them and it's just completely slows down like what what would the be process an just that? endless amount of bags and carry-on stuff that just slow everything down so yeah it, it is definitely very very frustrating indeed there's just something about that where you think, okay, I'm going to go up and be a good citizen, a good airport citizen, and I'm going to try to take as little time as possible when I go up. So they give, give, have the passport ready, answer the questions, don't add any details, don't, don't make conversation, just get through. But I have to admit, though, once you get up to the counter, sometimes you, because you're there, you sort of start getting a little more chit-chatty. So we're talking about the, the security area, right? Like, no, like check-in when you're when you're getting oh, your boarding okay. pass. Because I know a lot of that's electronic, but sometimes... Yeah, because I think that a lot of it now... Yeah, more so in the past where you'd have long lineups of, of check-ins. In certainly talking from a, a Toronto Pearson Airport standpoint, a lot of that now is truly automated where... You know, everything is done online, and even for your baggage drop-off, it, it's done where you just drop it off at a machine and away you go. Yeah. Uh, but some of the smaller airports, where, like smaller regional airports, you still have to go up to a counter and to, to do your check-in. And yeah, I know what you mean, where you, you do have people that are, are really sort of taking a lot of time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, to my point, the, the whole airport security going through the security lineup you have people that just drag their ass going through there well have you ever just seen really uh, slow it down. what's the george clooney movie i was just going to mention that up in the air yeah where There's he's that, got his system for yeah awesome scene where yeah. it's all about efficiency and no lace shoes yeah yeah slip on shoes and you know bring it have be completely ready like have your your laptop out of your bag yeah well the other thing yeah. he says which could be controversial now uh or then um, always go behind an Asian person yeah. because they're very efficient or <laughs> I forget really why he says this, just go behind Asian people. <laughs> yeah. Avoid families. Well, yeah, yeah. And that makes sense. But yeah. Um, yeah. So, and then the other thing I saw that was kind of, there was a guy sitting in, in the lounge and that, my lounge, I mean like just where the part where you're about to get on the plane, you know, that 10, 15 minutes before boarding. There's a guy sitting across from me and he's there with his cell phone and he's like on it and he's, I think, dictating an email to somebody 
but he's doing it like out loud. So it was like, I will be in Vancouver until the end of this week. The end of this week, period, period. And I'm not sure why you're trying to reach me. I'm not sure why, as you can tell, he's dictating and it's not picking up yeah, all the words. Yeah. But he goes on about this. <clears throat> I know my bill was supposed to be paid a month ago. Why doesn't he just type it? Of all the... the he's probably he, like slow at typing. Yeah, but you're having to repeat yourself over and over again to have to say the same thing. <laughs> like, you might as well just type it and be done with it. So he went on like this for uh, like a good 10 minutes. That's so arrogant. It really is. And People then just making a spectacle of themselves. So I, I, the, the gist of it I got was somebody was chasing him down for some sort of payment. And, um, and he's, 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 I guess, finished. And then his wife was somewhere and she sits down next to him and says, uh, so um, did you talk to them? Yeah. yeah. And he says, um, yeah, I, I did. And she says, well, what did you, what did you tell them? And he starts, he pulls out his phone, he's, he starts reading it, and then she's like, what are you talking, he said, here, just read it yourself. <laughs> yeah. I was like, God, do we, does this whole airport now have to listen to this guy yeah. repeat what he just dictated for the last 10 minutes? <laughs> here, just read it yourself. Yeah, yeah, the whole thing about airport etiquette, yeah, I'm sure that's, it's a full episode topic in itself in many ways. But yeah, I've, I've had some uh, recent... I guess, adventures, fun at the airport myself, and I use that term loosely. About three weeks ago, I was traveling on business. And um, I don't know if it's still the case right now, but certainly several weeks back, there was a big issue in the news about how not just Toronto, but a lot of larger airports in general are very, um, I guess, inadequately prepared for the influx of travel now that a lot of people are, are traveling and a lot of business travel has started to pick up a lot. Yeah. Staffing has been an issue. Yeah. So staffing is, well, they claim that staffing is an issue, but um, yeah, about three weeks ago I was, I was flying out and where, uh, where were you going? Flying out to, to Halifax. So I got to the airport about full 90 minutes ahead of time, which is what they tell you to do. And from Pearson in Toronto. Yeah. 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 Keeping in so mind domestic that, that flight here. this is yeah. domestic flight, mm -hmm. Toronto being a very, very busy airport. Um, but yeah, so I got there 90 minutes ahead of time thinking, okay, I'm looking pretty good here. Drop off the, the, uh, the luggage and then have to assemble in a, in a lineup just to get through security, which was absolutely ridiculous. Like this lineup was just a, at a snail's pace. And unfortunately, I had forgotten my Nexus card, so mm. I couldn't go through the the trusted traveler lineup. Yeah, which is tool. it would have been perfect if I had brought, just remembered to bring that card. Anyway, the, uh, you know, just having to go through this lineup and almost well coming very, very, very close to missing my flight. The point being is that when I eventually got to the security area. A lot of people just kind of standing around doing nothing. You mean like, when you say a lot of people, you mean like the workers? Well, yeah, yeah, the, the security staff. The, considering they're quote-unquote short-staffed, there's a lot of people kind of standing around with their hands in their pockets. Mm. And for the most part, they were very sort of uncooperative or, or just 
looked as if they kind of gave the aura that they really didn't give a shit. <laughs> well, like it really, like I, I don't. How's that different? I mean, that's kind of well, what it's always been. Yeah, it? I guess it's maybe always been that way. But when you have that long of a lineup where you're having people that are in, in serious jeopardy of, of missing their flights, under normal circumstances, that's when you would kind of step up and try to get people through in time. But there was just, there was no sense of urgency. Nobody seemed to care. And I think that's the part that kind of pissed me off the most is that, okay, I, I can live with with issues in the sense that, okay, they're, they're staffing issues, be as it may, which I find surprising being Toronto Airport, they should be prepared for stuff like this. But you know, when you go up there and the attitude of the staff is that they just don't care. They just don't give a shit if people are going to be missing their flights. Then well, they're not that, going that's, anywhere, right? Yeah. But that, that's a real problem. That's in, in the, the airlines should, I'm surprised that they haven't raised more of an issue with this because it's got to be costing the airlines a lot of money if they're having people missing flights. But anyway, in my case, my flight was, I believe, 950 was the departure time, and I literally showed up to the gate at 9.47. Wow, and, and they were still there waiting. Yeah, for and, and fortunately, they had held the plane for about 10 or 15 minutes, knowing that there was people that had checked in that were obviously stuck in that massive lineup. Right. But I'm sure there's- checked bags? I had one, which I had already checked. And that's actually, I think, a saving grace. Yeah, because- you didn't at least, have a checked bag, yeah. I think they'd probably just leave without you. Yeah, they could have. At least if you have a checked bag, they know that you're in the building. And they also, I think the rule is they can't fly the plane with a passenger whose baggage, he's not on that flight. Oh, really? Yeah. Because huh. okay. it's seen as a security risk. I guess so, yeah. Yeah, it's I can like, see that. I'll check in, get my bag into the baggage check, and mm -hmm. then, you know, with my bomb in there or whatever, <laughs> and then I just, yeah. conveniently, I don't get on the plane. Yeah, yeah. So, we've, have you ever been on a plane where they've, they've been calling out passenger names and they don't chime in? They said, if you don't... If you don't mention or if you don't raise your hand or to identify yourself, which is weird to me that they got on the plane and they I mean, haven't they already identified themselves, yeah. uh, where they'll say that if you don't identify yourself, we're going to have to uh, take your baggage off the plane hmm. and it'll it'll slow everything down. We're all going to get out of here late. Yeah. Well, considering how many bags are on a plane, to have some guy that crawls under the belly of the plane trying to find a suitcase a for- A specific suitcase, A specific yeah. suitcase for, for someone, for a particular name. Yeah, that would really slow things down. But yeah, it's it was a very frustrating experience. And, and normally, you know, I, I like travel. Normally, I, I don't have any issues with, with airport travel. I always come prepared and and always have my, uh, my stuff- Ready to your go. Slip and, your slip-ons, yeah, your slip-on shoes. Yeah, exactly. Do you wear you know, slip-on shoes like in the airport? Um, I don't. I probably should, but the uh, one thing to note about having the Nexus card is that you do not have to take off your shoes. It's mm. one of the perks about the Nexus. You have a Nexus card, do you? Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, it saved me. Yeah, many many hours of of time because you yeah. can use it it domestically too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it allows you to kind of bypass the the security lines. My so, my thinking about Nexus though is it's a bit like a Costco membership. <laughs> yeah. I remember at one time having a Costco membership was special. Yeah, yeah. Now everyone's getting a Nexus card, so it's like, mm -hmm. you know, is it really giving me any advantage? Well, you know what? I thought thought that as well, but according to the lineup that I was in 3 weeks ago, the majority of the people were 
obviously did not have Nexus cards on them. Otherwise, I wouldn't have been stuck in that lineup for an hour and a half with hundreds of other travelers. Right. Um, that is the worst, though, when you know you had the power and you had yeah. the tool to get you through this. Yeah. And it's sitting at home on your uh, <laughs> dresser. Yeah. yeah, good place for it, right? <laughs> Well, lesson learned. Always take your Nexus card. Even if you don't think you'll ever use it, just shove it in your wallet or or your carry-on bag and, and you'll be glad that you got it. And it's money well spent. As you said, it's 50 bucks and it's, uh, yeah, well, hopefully I don't have to deal with that crap anymore. This episode is brought to you by Pace Painting. Pace Painting, serving all your painting needs, whether commercial or residential, Reach Pace Painting at paintwithpace at gmail.com or via their Facebook page, Pace Painting, Inc. Or call Peter at 289-356-7744. Paint with Pace. All right, our next topic is loud talkers. And I categorize loud talkers as those individuals that seem to speak at a volume level louder than necessary in public places. And an example of that would be, in particular, parents who seem to want to use the forum that is the the, the streetcar or the, the bus or the airport lounge, back to airports, to teach their children things that they speak at a volume level that seems to be intended to, to teach everyone around them the same lesson. And I'm curious if it's so that we all know that person is a good parent and that they want to use this opportunity to showcase that? Or do they just not realize how loud they're talking? What do you, what do you I, think? I think it's a case of both. I, yeah. I, I know what you mean. I, I have witnessed. The- now, Johnny, we don't, we don't stick our tongues out <laughs> yeah. to people. It's not polite. Mm-hmm. It's not polite, Johnny. You know, this is not something that older you you should not do that. It's and it's like you can hear this like at the back of the the bus. Like why? Yeah. Yeah, th- there isn't really a lot of places where well, I guess, you know, because of COVID, we haven't necessarily we've gone 2 years without being in a lot of public places, but now that we're sort of getting back to that world, you're seeing more and more um I guess incidents or events where where that kind of thing comes into play now. But I saw this. This is like I've been wanting to talk about this for years. Yeah. You do you well, do think that this is sometimes it's intentional? Yeah, I think so. I and I think just some people are just arrogant or just don't care if other people listen to this conversation. Lack of self awareness. Yeah, lack of self awareness. Like I guess for me the best example would be riding on, on the go train. Uh, the GO train is the, the commuter train, um, which runs from the various suburbs of Toronto that takes you downtown. And I I, I ran or I was a, a GO train passenger for, for many, many, many years. Doors are closing. Yeah. Yeah. For uh, Monday to Friday, nine to five. Stand for back of the for a good line. number of years. Yep. Oh, I, I don't miss that at all. Uh, I'm so glad I don't have to deal with the whole Joe commuter kind of thing. Yeah. But... Yeah, from my past experiences being on the GO train, you'd always find people that were just so completely clueless as to the volume of their voice. One of those voices that just carries it literally across the entire, uh, the, across the entire coach of, of the, the train car. So, you know, someone that's way down at the very end, you can still hear them. 
And I can recall many um, instances where listening to some loud talker, and it's usually like bullshit, like stuff you don't want to listen to anyway. Remember there was one time some really arrogant lady was going on and on about her Mexican vacation and, you know, how it was such a horrible vacation. And it's one of those things that after the 40-minute train ride, you knew absolutely everything about her. You knew everything about her vacation. Like, you knew everything about her work. And it's just like... Everything that had been done to her. Yeah, yeah. Just about how how miserable vacation the vacation horrible. was. Meanwhile, I, the problem was her, not the vacation. Yeah, what's and the it's common just, denominator here, ma'am? Yeah, like just listening to this woman drone on for 40 minutes. And, and the thing is, you don't have a choice either. Like you're trying to read a book or, yeah. or have a nap or I don't know, whatever it is that you're doing. And, and you can't escape this just monotonous noise coming from this person. And it's almost like you have to listen to it. There's a few categories of this. There's uh, what I'd call the people manager loud voice. The ones that are calling into the office Mm-hmm. And they're coaching a staff member on something, or they're, yeah. they're settling a dispute with with someone back at the office. Yeah, and and they're speaking loud enough that the whole office is hearing, or the whole train is hearing about what this thing is. And yeah, and it's almost like they're trying to demonstrate their ability to manage a situation. Yeah. It, so you tell Carl that I that I told him. Yeah. That he had one week vacation. And he's not to book his vacation without at least one month's notice. <laughs> Poor old That's Carl. That's what we all decided. Yeah. Carl, you son of a bitch. Yeah. There, there's the, the inappropriate conversations in public. We should come up with a category because there's, yeah, this, there's like the there's, boss one there's the, and then there's the salesperson. Yeah. Salesperson. Shooter, and then, then there's. Solving an issue with a client out loud. Yeah. Well, we know your business is important to us. And, and. I believe me, I'm going to get to the bottom of this. Yeah. And when I take this back to to my boss, believe me, we're going to get this sorted out. <laughs> well, I once heard someone doing a, a job interview on the go train. <laughs> <laughs> I think they they were interviewing someone. Like, so tell me about your past experience. So they and, the person you heard was being interviewed, or they were doing the. I interview? think they were doing the interview. Right. Tell us about a time. Yeah, yeah. T- tell us about your a challenging moment in your past work history. It's like okay, you're 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 giving a job interview on a on a go train and everything. It's, it's just like, it's, and they're they're doing that so the whole train knows they hire people. Yeah, exactly. They're in yeah, it's, it's of the people. whole yeah. Like, look at me, I'm I'm hiring people. I must be someone of importance. I must be a manager. Yeah, it's it's uh, or or people that have maybe somewhat inappropriate conversations or or could be somewhat awkward. Like for example, talking about like a politics or mm. something or religion yeah you know just some of those taboo kind of topics that you just don't really or shouldn't be talking about in in a public forum where absolutely everybody can hear you do you think you're guilty of it though do you think you've done it i don't think so i'm i'm very self-conscious about the volume of my voice so for example if i'm on a, a go train or something and i'm having a conversation with someone you know, I, I don't have a loud speaking voice to begin with, but I will bring my the volume of my voice down a little bit because I know that people around me don't necessarily need to hear my conversation, nor yeah. do I want them to hear my right. conversation. Yeah, I've always been somebody that wants to take that, like I will walk out, I, I will get up from the seat and go to, you know, between the cars or into an area where there's nobody. Because yeah, I don't want people hearing that stuff. And I, 
I just don't want to be like any of these people, to yeah. be honest. But you think about phone conversations these days. They're pretty and rare, though, they, too. They are rare. Because everyone's and, and texting now. The, the only real conversations I have is, you know, if it, if it's a business call, if you're trying to get in touch with a, with a client or something. But even then, a lot of times I kind of just screen my calls. And mm. I let it go to voicemail. Mm. Most That's a whole other topic in yeah, itself. But most, most correspondence is done through email or sometimes through text. Certainly from a business standpoint, it, it's different when you're talking to friends. If I'm talking to a friend, I'll wait till I'm done. I'll wait till I'm done with the go train, unless it's just a short two minute conversation. Mm. But I'm not going to carry on a half hour conversation with someone on, on on the go train when everyone else can hear me. Yeah, yeah. We should come up with uh, listeners. If you have any categories, I know Peter, who's a long time listener, also the owner of Pace Painting, great mm-hmm. painting company. Um. He he calls them airport mothers, which are kind of back to our what we were talking about earlier, is that feeling of this need to parent a child yeah. out loud in public. Um, so w- I invite listeners to give us other. Oh, there's the. You have to have. You have to have the uh, the circular saw yeah, spinning. The, the saw, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the ambiance of this neighborhood we're in right now: birds yeah. chirping and saws spinning. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, if if, uh, if our listeners have other categories, we had the boss, the the salesperson, the troubleshooter, airport mother. Um, yeah, if, if, if we're missing someone vital to this, then please let us know. Yeah. <laughs> I think we've got it all covered. Okay, so we talked a few months ago now about neighborhood Facebook pages. Yes. This the source of many frustrations. Yeah. Also the source of many a topic or uh, material for a podcast such as this one. Yeah. <laughs> well, recently we have had, um, every time there's a, a I'll call it a fireworks con- occasion. So in Canada you have like July 1st, which is the Canada day similar to July 4th in the U.S. We have May, the May 2-4 weekend, which is Queen Victoria's birth. Queen Victoria? Yeah, Victoria Day. Victoria yeah. Day, yeah. Yeah, which um, is a holiday here in, in, in Canada. I think it's I think it's marked in most provinces. Uh, but yeah, typically it's it's a date. It's a weekend where people do let off a lot of fireworks. We got the uh, ice, cream machi- ice cream truck. Coming, yeah, yeah. Which it, is another topic. Is the okay. music played on ice cream trucks. Yeah, it's a circular shock goes again. <laughs> Jeez, we're getting all sorts of background sounds on this one. <laughs> uh, it provides the ambiance that yeah. the audience really appreciates. <laughs> so, and if you're not from this country, yeah, here's a typical backyard in suburban Toronto. Um, so so the recent thing, so neighborhood, neighborhood Facebook pages seem to be lighting up anytime there is a occasion where fireworks are typically let off. So... July 1st, the Victoria Day holiday. Um, and in particular, the sort of anger that's being generated out of this is around people lighting these things off quite often well after the time period of the occasion. So it might be like one in the morning or the day yeah. after or the or two days before yeah. the event. <laughs> Um, and I, I can certainly see the backlash towards that. Like, for example, this past weekend with being Victoria Day, 
think it was on the Monday night, someone was still letting off fireworks at like 1230 at night. And oh, it's yeah. like, all right, wrap it up. People got to work the next day. Okay. So the, the, the two themes that I'm seeing though, the, the complaints, other than the fact that late night fireworks and it keeps people awake or bothers them is that animals in the wild, in, in the area we are, we have a forested area, not that far away. We have wildlife guy. And I think we talked about the different personalities you tend to see. Yep. You've got bylaw guy, wildlife person. <laughs> yeah, the nosy Parker. Yeah. Um, you've always got some representative of the various. Yeah, you know, that, that guy that likes to. Likes environmental to guy yeah. or girl. Yeah. Um, the, you know, parent person who's bringing yep. in the parent perspective. And that the, the concern was for wildlife that with these fireworks going off, or circular saws, um, is that this is disturbing the wildlife and that foxes and, and groundhogs and other animals, um, to, you know, aren't able to get a restful sleep mm-hmm. because of, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not trying to discount that, but for two nights of the year, yeah. like, like, are you, are you going to throw off the ecological and, yeah. um, system and, by having some fireworks go off near a forest I hate, a couple times a year? I hate people that have to determine themselves to be, the, quote unquote, the fun police. That have to, you know, it, it's all in good fun. Like It's part of lighting off fireworks. It's it's a Canadian thing to do, the American thing to do on July 4th. Like, it's just, I don't know, people that are just have to bitch and complain about everything and and just have to squash the fun that the community is, is trying to have yeah. um the other thing is is people that go on these facebook pages and complain that that the fireworks are scaring their dogs yeah like, i don't yeah. care i really don't don't you care no i really don't care what if you had a dog that was shuddering under well then put it in the basement i don't know but i'm not going to go out and say to people oh shouldn't shouldn't be lighting off fireworks because of my dog right like don't don't just it's not my problem that you have a dog that's afraid of fireworks so it's not going to stop me from lighting off fireworks i don't know there's so many stupid reasons that that people go on about this where you know it, it has there's always that one person that has to has has to squash other people's fun. So there's this is a bit of a sensitive topic, but I'm gonna I'm I'm going to bring it up. The other comment that I saw was that there that there should be some sensitivity around people coming from war torn countries. That these fireworks can sound like gunshots or missiles or bombs or things like that. Um, and that we should be more respectful and mindful of the fact that, especially now with the Ukraine situation, we are getting an influx of Ukraine Ukrainians in the country, that this this is, you know, traumatic for them to hear these things going off here. Uh, what do you what do you what's well, your take on that? Again, I think it's 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 crap. Like where 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 do you draw the line? Where where do you say okay? Well, I guess we just can't do that anymore because of 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 small minority of people that may or may not, you know, be affected or or or, or think of you know um, events in their past that that 
are similar to, to fireworks going off. And I'm not a, an expert in post-traumatic stress syndrome by any stretch, but there's a part of me that wants to say to those well, people like, hey, by the way, these aren't missiles, yeah, bombs, yeah. gunshots. And then like it's, and they'll it's, just say, oh, thank God. It's fireworks and good fun. Let, let, let's not lose sight of that. And to that point, a, a similar topic, I think a couple of years ago, someone raised the point many years ago when Canada had a lot of Syrian refugees coming into the country. Mm -hmm. I think there was some talk about, oh, you know, the, the air show, the, the Toronto air show that is usually held um, beginning of September, Yeah, um, that having planes flying overhead would remind people of, of war-torn areas. So my response to that is, okay, so are we supposed to cancel all air shows and, and never have fireworks ever again? Mm. Hell no. Yeah. So again, you can kind of say, listen, this is an air show. It's not, it's like the great thing about living in this country is that fly, planes doing loop to loops and yeah. swooping, doing low flies is actually, it, there's nothing, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. That, that this Welcome is Welcome to this country that doesn't have Yeah. This is concern. a, this is good for, for tourism. It's good for. Are we going to get for, labeled as some <laughs> insensitive? Well, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to, um, <laughs> who have no idea what it's like to go through all of these stressful situations. Well, I, I stand by my conviction for being a proponent of air shows and fireworks. You know, it's something that, that people want, people love to see. It's, it's great for the community. Uh, it's good for tourism, especially now more than ever, because, you know, this, well, this upcoming Canada Day, it's going to be the first candidate in three years where it's sort of back to normal, where mm -hmm. we can have gatherings and, and community events and festivals and, and outdoor fireworks displays. So, you know, I really hope that, that people do go out and, and truly celebrate Canada Day yeah. and, and all other, you know, summer events and, and festivals that are coming up soon. Because, yeah, we've had two years of, of nothing. Um so yeah, it's time for, the, for communities to get together again. Yeah, well, yeah, it, it brings people together. So, hundred uh, percent, this has to this. We we have to embrace stuff like this. Garage sale day tomorrow in Guildwood. Okay, very good. Yeah. You, you got stuff you're putting out in the garage sale? A little bit. We've got uh, we've got a few things that we were unable to throw out when we moved back from Japan. Um, the kids have a bunch of stuff they're going to put out for sale, but it's this amazing time in our neighborhood where. It's an, it's an annual garage sale day, which of course has not happened for two years. And like, I'll say 50% of the houses in the neighborhood have, a, are having a garage sale. Mm -hmm. So this episode will be aired after it, but, uh, I recommend anybody that wants, that loves garage sales, come on down and, uh, check out this garage sale. So is there going to be anything in your garage sale that's going to be traumatic to anyone? <laughs> hmm. <laughs> You mean like the rack or something? Like yeah. A, um, we no. do have a box of fireworks that uh, <laughs> we didn't let off last year because people wanted to have more of a muted Canada Day last year for reasons we don't want to get into now. But uh, um, I don't know. I I don't think so. But uh, I'll get back to you on that. Yeah. All right. Just making sure of that. Wanted to mention something. It's called buymeacoffee.com. And it's a chance for our loyal listeners to, if they would like to buy us a coffee, they can go to buymeacoffee.com slash we talked and buy 
us a coffee. So really, you can enter a dollar amount that, uh, you know, if it's Starbucks Frappuccino, like $8 uh, probably would cover a, a, a <laughs> coffee. But for those that like to listen to this podcast and want to support us, please go to buymeacoffee.com slash we talk. We'd be grateful for, uh, for your, uh, uh, coffee donation. Yeah, we, we would be grateful. It's, uh, show us the love people. Show us, show us the love. It's, uh, I, you know, I, I kind of, I'm, I'm interested to know in, in, I'm obviously I'm not going to place any obligation if you don't have to donate, if you don't want to, but I'm, I'm curious to know how many, donations we do get for our coffee because it'll show how many listeners we have mm-hmm. um if we get no donations then maybe we're uh, we're not as popular as we thought we were going to be well what are we going to use the money for to buy coffees I yeah guess. to buy coffee why not we did talk about wanting to do a take the show on the road on the road in this what show way? well and other than windsor by the way what with it in front of a live audience or something <laughs> yeah we're going to set up in a hotel or something and just invite a whole bunch of people and Come and listen to a live recording of We Talked About This. Really? Hmm. I, I don't think we're going to get as many people as, uh, you know, celebrity podcasters. I don't know. You don't you know, know. Unless we get, like, someone like Dak Shepard on the episode, but hey, you never know. Mm. <laughs> well, uh, on that note, let's talk about, uh, we got some weird news there, I think, right? Some, uh, an interesting story about a, a cruise ship and uh, a passenger. Yeah, so there is an article here. This was a New York Post, so this is a, a real live incident. Um, so the headline is that a passenger jumps off a Carnival cruise ship. Third such incident in two months. Yeah, that's the and, part that got me. Yeah, and I'm so I'm just to kind of read some of the highlights here. So there is a 43 year old man whose jump reportedly had shaken vacationers running and screaming on the ship's deck. The man plunged from the ship just after midnight, about 55 miles east of Port Canaveral. And is it a purposeful plunge? Okay, so they, the they don't really talk about that. If this is if this is a suicide, then obviously that, that's a, a sad thing. Mm-hmm. We're not to, to make fun of that by any means, but it just is unusual because if you're going to commit suicide, why would you do it off a cruise ship? No, maybe you're thinking this is my last hurrah, I'm going to go on this vacation, and I can just jump off this ship in the middle of nowhere. And But he obviously did it in a public way. Yeah, yeah, it just seems very unusual. They, they don't explain the rationale behind this, whether or not there was some kind of altercation, or if he was drunk or on, right. on, on drugs or something. You said there was some, uh, some sort it, of piano incident? Uh, I don't see anything about a piano, but there was a... Um, it goes on to say that in February, a woman jumped to her death off a carnival ship after she was confronted by ship security following an altercation in a hot tub. <laughs> That's like, what I the mean. heck is that all about? Like, Can you just say that again? I want you to say the, that. Read that again. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was. Uh, in it, yeah, an incident in February. She was confronted by ship security following an altercation in a hot tub. Like, first of all, an altercation on a hot tub is just bizarre in itself. But then ship security, like, what happened where you get, like, thrown off or, like, you fall off or you, you deliberately jump off yeah. trying to, like, evade security from coming after you? Like, right. it's just so weird. You know, alcohol tends to factor in sometimes to decisions yeah. like that. Like, rather than be, you know, arrested, I'll just 
jump off this convenient <laughs> ledge here. Yeah, um, maybe people think that they can jump off and they'll survive. Yeah. But apparently not. Not realizing I don't think that any, it's like 10 stories down. And, yeah, yeah. And into a you know an ocean of like the middle of the, the sea or whatever. Yeah, I'd like to maybe uh, dig a little deeper on that to find out the what what truly went on there. But it just seems so bizarre that people, you know, it's one thing to, to have an accident where someone falls off to their death, but yeah. where people are deliberately jumping off. But there are that's, few, that's the weird are, thing about it. There are a few stories, though. If you do Google cruise ship, jump off cruise ship, you'll find, like, there's been, like, several of these over the last few months. So um, it seems to be a phenomenon that's occurring fairly regularly. I bet you this happens way more than you think it does. Like, you hear about incidents, like the, the untold truth. And I'm sure if you talk to someone within the, the cruise ship industry, they'd probably tell you all sorts of, of weird stories. And it's like the whole thing with, with, uh, with it's an unfortunate event with people committing suicide. Um, my neighbor across the street, he's a retired uh, TTC uh, employee. Mm -hmm. And he's, <laughs> trust me, he has a lot of interesting stories to tell about some of the stuff that he's witnessed. Um, on cruise ships. Well, no, on, on TTC subway tracks. Oh, People yeah, jumping no, in front of trains. Definitely and, don't yeah, want to get into that. Yeah, there's some pretty gruesome stories that he can tell. But, hey, you don't hear about stuff like that. It doesn't get really reported on the news. Um, those are stats that, that don't really get publicized. So no. the number of people, um, suicides or, or deaths on a cruise ship is probably more than what you would ever think it would be. No. All right, well, let's get into what we're watching, what we're reading, listening to. Um, I'll start. So I watched The Tinder Swindler, Netflix series or Netflix documentary, um, true crime documentary about uh, a guy on t Tinder who um, basically meets women and creates the aura that they are wealthy or that he is wealthy and uh, lures the women into a romantic relationship and then eventually starts asking for them to uh, give him money for certain things. And then he creates this uh, situation where he's, he's wanted, he's a very, very successful man, like multi, multi, multi-millionaire and that his enemies, he talks about his enemies are after him and that he needs to, he'll ask, the woman he's dating like to send $20,000. Don't worry, he'll pay her back and all these things. And um, I watched it in Vancouver when I was uh, traveling, I guess a couple months ago now. Um, and it was uh, very quite an interesting story. I don't know if mm -hmm. you've seen it. Have you seen it? I have not seen it, but I have seen it advertised on, on it's on Netflix, right? Yeah. Yeah, on Netflix. And yeah, I, I remember watching the, I guess the, the teaser that they put on, on the Netflix. And, and I was... I recall being interested in, in wanting to see it because yeah, it was, it certainly sounded like an interesting topic. Um, so this person then was, was did he meet the women in, in person or yeah. was this, Oh yeah. really? Okay. Yeah. So he, he, they would get, get connected on tw uh, Tinder, yeah. Twitter <laughs> on Tinder and he'd meet them. And then like the one woman he meets immediately within a few hours, he's so, got her on a private plane somewhere. Okay, so he the money that he would collect, he would he would sort of fund this. It's like a Ponzi scheme. Yeah, so he he would fund this aura of of being a wealthy person by yeah. having 
So he'd make yeah. a big splash sort of when he first would meet somebody. So okay. his first person he dates, he literally gets her on a private plane within a few mm-hmm. hours of their date or the like the yeah. next day and says, would you, do you want to go to Paris with me? And they're on a, they're hmm. on a, on a private jet. I don't want to spoil too much because, uh, the way he does this is quite incredible. Um, and I don't want to sh- spoil the ending, but you will be just so shocked with like what this guy has done, what he's got away with, how he does it. But it's got a good ending, mostly good ending in terms mm-hmm. of you know how how it, it gets resolved. But at the same time, it also leaves you thinking, what the heck is going on in this world? Yeah, yeah. I guess it's one of those things where you hear so much about like the fishing schemes with the you know the Nigerian prince that needs like. Mm. Twenty thousand dollars, and and you know, so he can free up his his Dearest. gold bullion, that type of thing. Yeah, you know, and and obviously these schemes seem to work because unfortunately a lot of people do fall for them. But I, this is sort of along those same lines, but it's sort of taken to the next level where you have that in person interaction. Yeah, so it's almost like an investment to the point where, yeah, you're spending money on 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 entertaining and, and sort of building this this fake appearance, this fake world. Um, and I guess he just hopes that these women will pay over the money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, yeah I it, will watch it because, yeah, that certainly sounds very the, interesting. It, the way that they sort of catch the guy or that they deal with him is a very similar almost to like the Al Capone story where rather than getting him for – you know, being a gangster like Al Capone, they find one of the women finds a very creative way to get back at him and get get something from him. So I'll leave it at that. So what okay. are you what are you watching? What are you reading? Listening to? Well, it's what I'm listening to. Um, the podcast. Um, it's uh, Smartless, mm-hmm. and if I think you had talked about Smartless many episodes ago. Well, we um, talked about it with Ken briefly. Yeah, Ken, I think Ken's yeah, a fan. Ken Ken had brought it up. Had I, I believe so. That was it was a couple months back. Green Thumb, Mr. Doctor yeah, Green Doctor Thumb. Green Thumb, yes. Who we will have back for another, yeah. definitely he another episode. So I'm I'm sure he will be listening to this episode. Um. Anyway, the point being is that yeah, the Smartless podcast. I've jumped on board on that one, and yeah, loving it. Yeah, it's, it's fun. A huge Jason fan. Bateman, Sean Hayes, and Wolf. Will Arnett. Will Arnett, yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and yeah, we, we, we talked about, well, you guys talked about it um, a couple episodes back, but yeah, it's it's such a, a, a uplifting thing to listen to. There's so much negative news out there these days. Um, you know, to listen to, to Smartless, where there's a lot of comic relief, and it's just a bunch of buddies just having a good time. They are buddies, yeah. Yeah, just I, like us. I yeah. love it, yes. <laughs> yeah, they are, they are, yeah. are kind of like us. Yeah. They yeah. are. Not as famous, though. <laughs> yeah, famous in our own minds. Do you have an episode or two that you highlight that you really well, enjoyed there? Because they always have a mystery guest. Yeah, right? yeah, they always have a mystery guest. And, and and one of them will be responsible for bringing that guest on, and the other two don't know about that Exactly, guest, yeah. You know? Yeah, and they've had some amazing guests. Like, most of them are from the entertainment industry, but they've mm-hmm. also had some some interesting people that are, are non I guess entertainment related. They've had some politicians on. I think Kamala Harris was one mm. person they had. Yeah. Did um, you listen to that one? Yeah. yeah. I didn't listen to that. I, I'm not a big fan. Well, I think the episode that that I really enjoyed. Um, 
you know, they've had Will Ferrell. Uh, the Tom yeah, Hanks episode was really good. Yeah. Really enjoyed that. Yeah. So, yeah, they, they have some guests that are obviously better than others. But, and I suppose it depends a lot on on the direction of the conversation they've, they're right. having. Yeah, and also um, if you're a fan of that person, it can sometimes be more interesting. Like Daniel Ricardo from the F1 Drive to Survive series. Uh, if you had never watched that documentary or didn't follow F- formula one you might not care about that but that was one of my favorite episodes was mm-hmm. the daniel ricardo episode yeah but yeah it's just it's uh it's a great podcast to just uh you don't have to think too hard about it it's nothing yeah it's not really tackling any major or, or controversial topics or anything a lot of it is just kind of more of an interview format and and they just kind of you usually will kind of quote unquote shoot the breeze as to um, you know, maybe movies or projects that that particular guest is working on at that yeah. time. Yeah. Uh, but it's just, Woody it's, Harrelson was fun. I yeah. Him. I still have to listen to that episode. My wife has, has listened to the Woody Harrelson episode and she said it was really good. Yeah. I liked it. Uh, so I will circle back to that. Speaking of your wife, she's, uh, looking out at us from the, the window. Yeah. Um, hi. <laughs> Loyal listener, yes. Loyal listener, we've got, we've puts got up your with cat us. looking at us as well. Yeah. Um, two cats you have. Yes, and, I have two cats, yeah. And I'm, I'm, what I want to be is smelling hot dogs. Because yeah. I'm really excited to have hot dogs. Well, we, we, I think we've come for full circle in this episode. We started off talking about hot dogs, and, and I think we're going to maybe r- wrap them. things up with talking about hot dogs. You so. definitely have mustard, right? Yeah, I we, we will have mustard. Is it regular, don't, like don't yellow make? mustard? Yes, yellow mustard. Okay, not like with something with like, I don't know, horseradish or onions yeah. mixed into it or something. It's just yeah. straight. I mean, I like a good mustard, but for a hot dog, it's got to be the yellow mustard. Hey, can listeners buy us a hot dog as well as a coffee? Yep. Okay. Well, they can just buy us a coffee and then we'll use the money and buy a hot dog with it. Okay, or a beer for that matter. Yes. <laughs> no, we don't. It's a family show. Yeah. <laughs> Although we're drinking beer. But, well, good good to finally get an episode. I, I was a little concerned. Um, I was uh, wondering what was going on. We seemed to be deciding to record and not record. So Yeah, it was just one of those things where we I think we just both got a little busy and uh, just time kind of slipped away. And next thing you notice, it's like, wow, it's been how many weeks since we've... I'd have to look episode? it up, but... Uh, it's, it's been a while. It's so longer than I think we think it is. Yeah, yeah. So we'll definitely try to get another episode in within the next maybe week to two weeks or something like that. With no circular saws. Yeah, no circular saws. And these birds, I don't know how loud these yeah. are. Yeah. Well, maybe next time... On the... Well, I was thinking maybe next time I can come to your place. Yeah, And we it. can listen to the circular saws in your backyard. Or the neighbor who doesn't like people on ice rinks. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, that's a whole, yeah, I like to <laughs> All right. go on that one. Have yeah. a good, um, a good, well, we're going to eat hot dogs. That's all that matters. Yeah, so our, our, our Friday afternoon is good, and hopefully uh, to our listeners, yours is as well. And we'll, we'll be back sooner than, than we were last time. For sure.